You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. We made it to a Wednesday. We're fired up, ready to go. I got the Traegers all fired up, too. A little surprise for the Danettes. They thought that uh, there was no Meat Friday. Well, there's no Meat Friday. There's a Meat Wednesday. Sloppy Joe's and Southern Rice with Chorizo today. Who's got it better than us? Nobody. Come on in and stay a while. Fritzy's got something up his sleeve. I'm not sure what it is, but it's Thanksgiving related. Do we have limericks today? We've got a limerick. We'll go back to the sports names. I added a few oh. new ones, and then I had wrote one other little thing that I wanted to share with you guys for fun. All right. Play of the day, stat of the day, poll question. <laughs> All of that coming up. What was the last thing you said? I wrote this other little cutesy Thanksgiving thing that I wanted to share with you guys when you feel the time is right to work that in. When would I think the time is Probably right? like 12.01 Eastern, knowing you, but uh, hopefully you'll... Uh, it's not long. It's just something I wrote like 1 o'clock in the morning, and I don't know what that was all about, but I just wrote it down. Just for fun. At 1 in the morning. At 1 in the morning. And the name Cheeky Hanatu, am I pronouncing that right? That name popped in my head. It has nothing to do with what I wrote, but why would that be in my head at like 1.17 a.m.? But, okay, but the fact that you brought it up that you were doing it at one in the morning adds more significance to it. It's not like you go, oh, yeah, I wrote this uh, yesterday afternoon. So now it's late last night, early uh, in the morning. I dozed off around like nine, ten o'clock and I got up like twelve, twelve thirty. And then some of my I don't want to say my best work, but the creative juices are sometimes <laughs> flowing in the middle. of the, You can relate to that. You know, late night sports center, sometimes two, three, four in the morning. You're at your best. When do I know when I'm seeing your best work? Yeah, you're yet to see that. OK, it will eventually happen. Though. All right. Does it ever happen between nine and noon Eastern? Yeah, rarely. If at all. <laughs> Maybe we should do the show from midnight till 3 a.m. And then we'd have some gold. Oh, late night show with Toddler? I was on he fire. Like at one thirty-six. I was chewing on a couple of pretzel rods and I was writing limericks and stuff. I was, uh, I was on fire. It was about 20 to 2 a.m. I was feeling good. All righty. Uh, come on in. Stay a while. Poll question, play of the day, stat of the day. We say good morning to our TV partner. That's Peacock, streaming service. Download that app and watch for free. We can never charge you for this content. And our radio affiliates around the country, numbering nearly 400 cities, including Fox Sports Radio, iHeart Radio as well. Seton, Pauly, Fritzy McLovin, yours truly. We'll talk to the man who played Kevin on The Office, Brian Bumgardner. There's a, a new book out, Time for the Holidays, and Brian will talk about the uh, behind-the-scenes of The Office. Brady Quinn, Fox Sports analyst, will join us coming up in about 15 minutes from now. Great stuff at danpatrick.com for the holidays. Kicking off the Thanksgiving weekend early at uh, danpatrick.com. 40% off T-shirts, special discounts off most of the other items on the site. Make sure you pick up your holiday calendar as well. College football, you have the final four, at least the final four for this week. Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, and Cincinnati. Michigan, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, and Baylor on the outside looking in. But Cincinnati got in. I kept thinking this uh, committee is doing their best to keep Cincinnati out. You don't want to put them in because then it might be hard to take them out. Well, they're there, and perhaps they're going to stay this time. But if Michigan wins, Michigan goes in. Ohio State, with two losses, would probably come out. Alabama and Georgia, if Alabama loses, do they lose in a close game? Would they stay in the Final Four? If Georgia loses, is Alabama the number one team in the country? So there's a lot of things these next couple of weeks. Michigan, I still maintain Notre Dame has a great chance of slipping in because they're Notre Dame. Bears, Lions, Raiders, Cowboys, Bills, Saints, coming up tomorrow, tomorrow night. Is there a game where you go, yeah, 
Raiders, Cowboys, if it was in Vegas, then I might be a little more interested in the outcome. Uh, the Raiders a month ago, I might have been a little more interested. Bills, Saints, I have no idea what to expect in that game between these two. And Bears and the Lions, there was a report yesterday that Matt Nagy is going to be fired after the game, win or lose. He denied it, but then he can deny it. He's going to he's not going to be the head coach there next year. I think it's safe to assume. No, that's not breaking news. Let's go. Yeah. According to my sources, uh, no, I, he's not going to be there. But the question is, when is he going to be shown the door? Here is the uh, current Bears head coach, Matt Nagy. That is not accurate. You know, I have not, um, you know, I have great communication with ownership with George and Ted and, and Ryan, but uh, I have not had any discussions. We have not talked um, this week, and that's that was scheduled. You know, that's been, uh, we we have a, a good schedule over the years where we have discussions. Um, like, like you guys always hear us talk about, you know, we have constant um, communication with the bye week and then with the short turnaround uh, with game prep. Um, we have not. Do you have assurance that you'll coach the rest of the season? Say that again. Do you have assurance that you'll coach the Again, my, my focus right now is on these players and on Detroit. That's it. Okay. There are no assurances in Chicago right now. And Joe Judge may be keeping his job by firing Jason Garrett as offensive coordinator. I always wonder, how does that work? Where Joe Judge comes in and goes, I don't know what to do. How about we fire the offensive coordinator? Yeah, yeah, okay. But I'm wondering if this comes down from high above with the GM, Dave Gettleman who should be concerned about keeping his job. Does it come from even higher on the food chain? Does it come from ownership? But firing Jason Garrett, is that going to remedy everything, rectify? Because you still have the same offense. There's only so many plays you can call when you have a bad offense. You don't have a good offensive line. Who is the person who decided that, responsible for that? That's the GM. As far as the play calling... Hey, Daniel Jones, I'm going to call a play. Don't fumble or throw an interception. Oh, got to blame that on Jason Garrett. If you have Saquon Barkley. Hey, Saquon, can you get more than like 2.7 yards per carry? Can you play? Hey, uh, Kenny Galladay, can you be something? So... Okay, you can bring in whatever play caller you want. Eric Bieniemy. do you think he's going to be able to dial up some offense there for the Giants? But they fired Jason Garrett, and apparently now get ready for the Giants. Yeah, McLovin. If you're the new play caller, uh, Freddie Kitchens, do you try to run the ball and establish a run, which they did not do under Garrett? Like, But you're going to be boring as a play caller. No one's going to want to hire you next year. Or do you just go tell Daniel Jones to let it rip? We've already seen the Freddie Kitchens era. When he was the head coach of the Browns. Never forget. It's not like I go, okay, Fredo is going to come in and we're going to be dialing up some offense here. It's going to be like a big 12 offense here. They're crazy. They're lighting up the scoreboard. They're not a good offense. They don't have any weapons. Just like the Bears when they go, hey, you know, put in Justin Fields with that offense. I go, there's no offense there. There's no line there. Yes, McLeod. How can they not have any weapons? They took a running back number two, a wide receiver in the first round. They paid Kenny Galladay, the highest paid wide receiver. They keep a, Evan Ingram, a first round tight end. They've accumulated a million weapons. They're all overrated. They're overrated. That's it, because they play for the Giants. You know, you look at the Colts. Colts don't have big names. 
But they got an unbelievable offensive line. That's where you start. Offensive line. In today's NFL, offensive line. If you say you can have a great receiver or you can have a great left tackle, give me the left tackle. Because I've seen quarterbacks make guys into stars when they have time to throw the football or you're able to run the football. But, you know, the the Colts did what you're supposed to do. Build the offensive line. The Cowboys did that. Build the offensive line. And when you do Tampa protecting Tom Brady, build the offensive line. Pittsburgh Steelers didn't build the offensive line. They're not able to run the football. You're able to see, I mean, it's pretty simple. When the Browns' offensive line is healthy, they run the football. They run it as well, if not better, than anybody there. But the Bears, Matt Nagy, I would be surprised if he's coaching after the Lions game, win or lose. Joe Judge maybe holds off for another year. But uh, what if the Lions get a win here? Dan Campbell could use a win here. They played hard. They played close games. I like him, but I, you know, it's not like Dan Campbell's going to go, I got to fire my offensive coordinator here. But the Giants, if you do that, it's like, yep, fire the offensive coordinator. Yep, okay, that's going to fix everything there. We'll talk to Brady Quinn. Talk some football with him. Last night was the 43rd time that the number one and number two teams in college basketball met. Uh, number one and number two in the AP poll. But it didn't feel that way because number one, Gonzaga outclassed UCLA from the start, winning by 20. And the Bruins couldn't get revenge for last year's Final Four loss. You know, the Zags, good on defense. The freshman, Chad Holmgren, already a shot-blocking force. They got plenty of offensive weapons, even without last season star Jalen Suggs. And I know it's college basketball in November. Nobody cares. But... We might remember this come March when we look back, if there is a rematch between these two. It was great having Dickie V back. He was very emotional. Uh, he's been going through uh, you know, cancer treatment there. But uh, Gonzaga's dominance was exciting. They're a legitimate powerhouse. UCLA struggled, but uh, they still have some stars. Johnny Juzang. Uh, maybe last night wasn't close, but there's a chance that that rematch could mean a whole lot more when they face one another in March. Yeah, McLevin. Okay, poll question. Oh, Who's the number one no. pick in 2022, Chet Holmgren or the field? <laughs> I don't know if he's going to be the number one pick, but I am fascinated by him. And uh, the two actual games I got to see him play, he, he had a handle. He was beating people off the dribble. At the top of the key, he did that last night, went in for a dunk. He blocked shots. He weighs less than I do, (laughs) but he's a seven-footer with skills. You know, there's the obvious comparison. That's with Porzingis. Uh, I don't think he's the shooter that Porzingis is. Porzingis, by the way, bulked up, but I think we see, you know, somebody who's 7'2", and his ability to run the floor – uh, he's an interesting, he'll be an interesting prospect. Let's put it that way. Yeah, McLevin. Yeah, but Porzingis is 7-4. He doesn't block shots. He doesn't play 7-4. He doesn't really play defense, does he, now that I think about no. it? No. Well, we haven't had, you don't talk about a shot blocker anymore because guys usually don't go to the hoop. It, it used to be a big deal when you were Mark Eaton, uh, Akeem Olajuwon, that you were blocking shots. Uh, Minute Bowl, you were up there and and leading the league in block shots. 
Does anybody care who's leading the league in block shots now? And in college basketball, when's the last time we went, boy, that's a defensive presence in the middle? Patrick Ewing? Yeah, Paul. But this kid, Chet Holmgren, seven foot one ninety five. He won't play center at the next level. He would play more outside to in, wouldn't you think? Like, Kevin Durant was really skinny in college, really skinny. But he was outside to in. He always started more facing the basket. Do you see that? Well, Durant's one of the great shooters of all time. And, you know, I don't see Holmgren having that ability that KD does. Well, nobody does. But I, I do think it's, you know, you're just looking for these unicorns. Basketball's full of unicorns where you go, that guy is different than everybody else. And you can go back in time where Charles Barkley was a unicorn. He was, he was 6'4", six, 6'4 four, six, four and a half, and going against the big guys. Um, Sean Bradley was a guy that I thought was going to change the game. I thought a seven foot six, you know, he could dribble, mid-range jumper, and uh, wasn't afraid to go in and block shots or get dunked on. Uh, he still had a 10-year career, but he was drafted number two overall. But when you look at these unicorns, I mean, Steph Curry's a unicorn. You, you just, you have, Luka's a unicorn. They, guys, it, it just happens. You go, what position do you play? You play whatever position you want to play. I mean, Luka's a point guard, built like a power forward. Uh, that's where I look at Chet Holmgren and I go, okay, where do you, where do you see him fitting in, in the NBA? And I haven't talked to anybody about, you know, Holmgren and how, how does that size style going to fit with somebody? But in today's NBA, it feels like coaches now go out of their way to find a system that fits their players or that special player that they have used to be, you came in and this is the offense you're going to play. That's not the case anymore. You really have to adapt to what are the special talents of the players that I have. And maybe Holmgren, you know, stays an extra year at Gonzaga. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's the number one overall pick. Yeah, Paul. Sean Bradley was listed at 7'6", 235. He had a handful of years where he averaged like 13 points, nine rebounds, and four blocks a game. Those are really nice numbers. Yeah. But it's like you, like you said, people expected so much more. Let's take a break. We'll settle on a poll question. We have Brady Quinn, who's going to be joining us. We'll talk some football. Empower your investment portfolio opportunities in Puerto Rico. Impeller, new online tool that connects investors with innovative projects on the island. It's available now. Impeller, your hub for investment opportunities in Puerto Rico. Learn more at investpr.org slash impeller. Back after this, Dan Patrick Show. DraftKings is here to help you, by the way. The official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. You're shot to gobble up some winnings. New customers can play free for millions with their first deposit. Nothing goes better with your turkey stuffing and pie than feasting on some big cash prizes from DraftKings. So you don't want to sleep on this offer. Playing daily fantasy football is really simple. You pick your lineup, and then you've got to stand under the salary cap, score enough points to bring home the cash, free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes, You'll have another reason to be thankful this year. DraftKings, safe, secure, reliable, best of all. Deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings app now. Use the promo code PATRICK. You'll play for free for millions of dollars this Thanksgiving weekend. You play free for millions and you enter the promo code PATRICK. Total prizes, millions of dollars. It's a first deposit only at DraftKings. The official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. 
Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. In case you're watching on uh, Peacock, I would say this is pumpkin. A pumpkin colored sweatshirt that I have, would you say? Very seasonal. Got a lot of respect from people. Thank you. It's yeah. festive. Yeah. I mean, you got to jump right into the moment here. Don't be afraid. Be bold today. And I am. Brady Quinn, Fox Sports College and NFL game analyst. And uh, he will be in Ann Arbor. It's number five Michigan on Saturday against the Ohio State. Big noon kickoff on Fox. And uh, you can also listen to him every weekday morning. Two bro, uh, two bros, two pros and a cup of Joe. Two bros with LeVar Arrington and Jonas Knox. And you can catch them on Fox Sports Radio. Good morning, Brady. How are you, bud? I'm doing well, Dan. Uh, you're looking quite dapper. Thank you. In your, uh, your pumpkin-colored sweatshirt. Thank you, Brady. Thank you. That's Dapper Dan. That's how we came up with that, uh, that uh, expression. All right. Tell me how Michigan wins this game. Uh, Michigan wins this game if Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive end, and David Ojabo, their other defensive end, do what they've done all year and pester the opposing quarterback. They're both tied for the league in sacks to the Big Ten. And if you look at C.J. Stroud, his completion percentage drops dramatically from a clean pocket versus under pressure. He completes about 73% of his passes from a clean pocket, about 53% when he's under pressure. And that's something that he really hasn't faced much this season. But when you watch him on tape, when guys start to get close, you can tell he doesn't like it. He doesn't want to take off and run. He wants this to be a seven-on-seven, essentially, where he doesn't have to worry about getting hit. That's what we saw last week versus Michigan State, which was one of the better pass-rushing teams. But because how that game started off, there was just really no ability for them to get back into that thing, rush the passer. They got pretty worn out, in particular on the outside. How important is this game for Jim Harbaugh? I mean, you could put it up there with pretty much every year. They've played Ohio State and, and trying to find one, find a win in a way of kind of staking his flag in this rivalry and saying, all right, I've arrived. You know, I, I did it as a player, but now I've arrived as a coach, and I think that would be a huge signal for this program. You know, it's, it's funny, and, and the reason why I say that is like Penn State, who just signed James Franklin to that extension, you know, they've at least beat Ohio State. Like, they've at least showcased, I think, in recruiting, too, they're a little bit more competitive in recruiting versus Ohio State. Um, and, and I think in order for Michigan to get back, they've got to do it at least once. They've got, they've got to be able to pitch that to those recruits once because if I'm a recruit, and I was one at a, you know, Ohio State in Michigan, and if I was looking at these two schools and, and you have this long line of Ohio State wins versus Michigan, and as much as they can preach to me, well, you can be the change. Come to Michigan, help us beat Ohio State, you can be the change you're still going to say, I'd rather go with the team that has a better chance of winning a national championship. If Michigan beats Ohio State, they've got the edge going up against an opponent. They already beat Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship. I assume that's who it's going to be. And then a path, obviously, to playing in the college football playoff. They sit now at five. So this is monumental in the case that I think Jim Harbaugh makes not only this Saturday, but also moving forward to every recruit and every Michigan fan that he's preaching why he should be the guy there in Ann Arbor. Why is it a guy who played the position can't find a great quarterback? I I don't even know that it's not that he can't find one. I mean, J.J. McCarthy is one of the higher recruited quarterbacks that's come onto this roster. Kate McNamara, too, is a little higher recruiter. It's more of the development piece. And and I think that's a twofold discussion. 
it's it's the sense of what offense and system are you running, and I, I think he's kind of found something that works for them now with Josh Gaddis calling plays. Um, but it's it's more of the development of finding that guy who's able to kind of take over a game when they need him to most. So it's been those two things that have been elusive for them. I do think they've found that rhythm now, getting back to the rushing attack, the rushing game. I mean, if you've looked traditionally, what has won the Big Ten? As much as we want to talk about how talented Ohio State is throwing the football around, they've also, I think three of the last four years, if I'm not mistaken, led the Big Ten in rushing. Like, that's a big component. That's what Michigan started out this season doing and playing good defense and then bringing Cade McNamara along, who now has two-plus touchdown passes in the past you know, few games. And so they're starting to evolve there. We're talking to Brady Quinn, former Notre Dame quarterback. Uh, he will be in Ann Arbor. It'll be a Fox Big Noon kickoff. That will be Ohio State against Michigan. I also wonder about this, and, and you can't help but speculate, that if Jim Harbaugh doesn't beat Ohio State this time around, does he look at that Chicago Bears opening? It's going to be open. And I just wonder, you don't want to turn your back on your alma mater, but that might be one of those where both parties say, you know what, maybe it's just not going to work out like we thought it was. Potentially, you know, but, but I think if, if I was Jim Harbaugh and I'm looking at that next jump, I, I better make sure that it's one that I feel really confident that it's positioned where I can go and have success right away. You have Justin Fields, and he's clearly or, or well aware of how good Justin Fields is. Um, even though they didn't play each other last year, I, I think he's seen enough tape on Justin Fields to know how good he is, what he can be as a quarterback. But there's a lot of other decisions that you've got to make with that roster, a lot of other things that I think, you know, you'd probably rather take over the Bears when Aaron Rodgers isn't a part of the Packers anymore. Maybe he's not after this year. I don't know. But the reality is uh, if that's the only job he's offered and he feels like there's just too much pressure and they've reworked his contract and he just wants to jump back to the pro level, feels like he can be more successful there, sure, you're going to take what's there. But I, I think with this next jump, he's got to be careful because the next jump could be his last one. Whereas Michigan has been by his side, they are still supporting him through all of this. Uh, and as much as Michigan fans want to complain about lack of success, they're much better off with Jim Harbaugh than they were before he got there. Like, let's not forget that. They're recruiting well. They're pumping guys out in the NFL. They're averaging about, you know, nine wins or so. Uh, you'd say maybe before whatever, you know, last year was with the COVID year, but that's what they're averaging now, which is better than what they were. So I just think he's got to be careful about that next jump because it could be his very last. And he's made them relevant. Um, you know, that that we, we do know about Michigan. Uh, we're curious about Michigan, but we know that season always comes down against uh, Ohio State. How safe should Cincinnati feel at number four in the rankings? I don't feel like they should feel safe only in the sense that, you know, look, they're sitting there at four. I don't think they have any room for error. You know, I, they're favored by a couple of touchdowns versus East Carolina this week, right? You know, a close win versus East Carolina. I believe it's on the road. You know, I don't think they're getting docked or pushed back for it. I just think they have to worry about, they, they have to win. That's all they need to do. And I think they're in because the playoff committee has already you know, put them in this position so far. And, you know, you're assuming one of those teams in the top four is going to drop out, right? Uh, at least we're assuming Georgia's going to beat Alabama in the SEC championship game. So at worst, maybe, you know, our best, maybe they move up to three. But I think they should feel pretty safe. I mean, Notre Dame's behind them. They're not going to move ahead of them unless they drop a game, probably in the AAC championship game. Like, that's where it gets a little sticky. Like, they both have one loss, even though they beat them head-to-head. -head. They don't have the conference championship to wave over Notre Dame. 
and, and you can make the case Notre Dame's played better football of late, um, with the exception of last week where Cincinnati obviously played extremely well, blowing out SMU. But I just I don't look at anyone behind them being able to leapfrog them unless, you know, they really falter and they end up dropping either this week's game or obviously, you know, their conference championship, which I think that's the only way they fall out of this thing at this point. We saw what happened with the Giants yesterday that uh, Jason Garrett was fired, the offensive coordinator. What does that matter to a team that is not a good offensive team, no matter who's calling the plays? Yeah, I mean, it's been a lack of execution. They can use Jason Garrett as the scapegoat. The reality is Daniel Jones turns over the football way too much. Uh, I think he's got between seven interceptions, seven fumbles this year. I mean, it's just it's not a formula for success. He's in his third year starting, and that's been his issue the entire time. You know, Saquon hasn't been healthy, hasn't been as impactful. The offensive line that they've continued to keep trying to building upon, it's never really meshed and developed the chemistry they need. Um, you know, there, there's just so many different issues offensively. I don't think it's going to matter that they're changing out Jason Garrett. And even though Freddie Kitchens, who's had success doing this before, hell, got him a head coaching job. I, I don't know that that's going to matter when it's all said and done. I think this is more of a move that signals when you start firing coordinators, that means you as the head coach are feeling the heat. And that someone above you is telling you, like, we got to make a change. Not, I'm not going to say for change's sake, but for optics. Because if we don't, then then you're next. You know, you're the next thing coming. So they're just trying to figure out a way of winning football games, looking more competitive, to have some sort of optimism going in the offseason. Otherwise, I, I think you got to be careful if you're Joe Judge. Obviously, David Gettleman, too, with the way these draft picks have kind of worked out or lack of development. They, they all could be moving on. They all could be starting over again. We had a topic yesterday, the most awkward quarterbacking situation. Not necessarily bad, but awkward. Uh, the Niners with what's going on with Jimmy G, that they're they're winning. Like, do you, what if he gets you to the playoffs? Do you then say, hey, thanks, some nice parting gifts. Uh, the Eagles, are they going to be all in on Jalen Hurts? The Falcons, do you stay with Matt Ryan? Uh, the Dolphins, with what's going on there. The Saints, it feels like they have three quarterbacks, but they don't have one quarterback there. Which quarterbacking situation is the most awkward to you? Uh, I mean, you named two that I think are really awkward. You know, you got the Green Bay Packers and their success, but Jordan Love sitting right there and Aaron's playing banged up. And you feel like there's the potential based on the rework contract that he's not even back next year. And so how's that going to work out? Because I look at the, at the Packers as one of the best, if not the best team in the NFL. So there's that out there. Like, are you really going to part ways after what could be a, a Super Bowl winning season? Um, there's a lot of awkwardness to that, right? As far, as far as what it looks like, at least now heading forward. And then the other one is Seattle. I mean, we, we obviously know Russell Wilson, for some reason, he has got the intention or was floated out there that he maybe you know, would have some other teams he wouldn't be traded to. And they've never experienced you know, a losing season, but it seems like it's headed in that direction right now. The awkwardness of Pete Carroll in the press conferences, the offense hasn't looked like what they needed to. Now he's got the hurt finger that he's trying to overcome which I think he came back too early. I've dealt with that injury before. Um, and, I, and I think it, it's hard to adjust how your, you know, your hand feels throwing the football after that injury. So they've got all these things. And meanwhile, like lingering on the outside is, oh, yeah, he kind of threw out some teams that he'd, he'd want to go to in the offseason. And that's still lingering over there. So is, is this going to get to a point where maybe after the season in Seattle, they have their first losing season together? And Pete and Russell say, hey, why don't you guys start over? I'll, we'll go our separate ways. I mean – those are more, I think, the awkward points, because like, we're kind of half that halfway point now, 
that I think those two teams are kind of staring at least that down the road uh, at the halfway point of the season. I don't think Russ is there in Seattle next year. I, I just, I think there's got to be a change for him. I wonder if Pete Carroll would leave if Russ would want to stay. Um, but it feels like Russ is going to be on an, another team next year. I just can't imagine. What about the Giants? What about the Giants? I mean, I feel like they're, if they move on, obviously, they've already moved on from the OC. If they end up moving on from, you know, Gettleman or if they end up moving on from Joe Judge as well, that's a team that, look, it's a big market. You know he's a part of the power couple. Uh, and that's a roster with, when you talk about Evan Ingram, you talk about Kadarius Tony, who I think he's got a lot of ability. Uh, Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay is on that roster. Saquon Barkley, too. There's a lot of weapons. And that's a kind of winnable division. I, I don't know. I just think that market, everything mm. else, I think he wants to get to the East Coast, especially with Sierra. You know, they want to be a part of that. That's, that's one that I'd keep an eye on. Safe travels to Ann Arbor. Are they going to be nice to you in Ann Arbor? Um, I mean, I, I only started once there. We won. Um, so we'll see. You know, I, I feel like there's not really much trash talking they can do there. I, I told the, the fans there in East Lansing that back in, I think it was with 2004, 2006, I bought real estate uh, there in East Lansing. So I, I said, make sure they take care of it for me while I'm gone. I've got a little real estate in Ann Arbor, too. So hopefully the fans are taking care of my property there on the field. This, this might not help by what you're saying now. This might not. Oh, help. no, it won't? No, uh, I don't well, think so. You know, yeah, we'll figure it out. You might get mooned. They might, you know, pull their pants down and moon you in Ann Arbor. Well, Michigan fans are a little more classy here. They don't, they don't spread the cheeks like, like in East Lansing. You know? I guess that's the difference in a state school, a private institution. All that. I, I, I still can't imagine. What's that first time you pull in there with Notre Dame on the team bus and then you got all of these guys who were pulling their pants down and, you know, mooning you? It, it's, a, it's appalling. It's like, uh, well, look, we're all, we're all experiencing Thanksgiving tomorrow. Uh, it's not overly pretty sometimes looking at the backside of your turkey, the way it's stuffed in there, all right? And it kind of resembles that. So I hope everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving wow. meal tomorrow. Yeah. That yeah. Is there. yeah, that's a great, to cut the turkey. great memory. Yeah, great image there. Hey, uh, safe travels. Great to talk to you. Thank you, buddy. Hey, thankful for you guys. I hope everyone enjoys their Thanksgiving. That's Brady Quinn. You can uh, listen to him Monday through Friday. Two pros and a cup of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Jonas Knox. That's the show that precedes ours on Fox Sports Radio. And he will be in Ann Arbor. It's number five, Michigan, number two, Ohio State. And that's uh, Fox's big noon kickoff. I got Ohio State, I think, at seven and a half point favorites. Does that sound about right, McLovin? Yep, right now, seven and a half we're seeing. Eight, seven and a half. It's moved eight. around a bit, though. Yeah. I could see Michigan winning this game. I could. You're, you're flirting with calling it, aren't I, you? I, and I just, it's just one of those gut feelings. Um, but could you imagine how big this would be if Michigan won this game? So Ohio State's out. Michigan is in. Michigan just has to beat Wisconsin. Michigan is in the final four. <laughs> Harbaugh, no, you're not going anywhere. He might get one of those James Franklin deals. By the way, that kind of played out like we thought. He was the number one guy at USC, from what I'm told. And he didn't really deny it. And then he cooled off because he started losing a couple of games. Then he hires an agent who is well-versed in the SEC. LSU, his name was floated there. And I said, he's going to leverage this. 
And he did. He leveraged it with a contract extension. Ten years there with Penn State. Also, there was a report yesterday about USC and uh, USC looking at uh, somebody that probably wasn't on their radar, and that's Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator with the Cowboys. Well, this isn't a new report, because if you go back to October 26th on this show, this is what I said about USC and Dan Quinn. Carson Palmer gave us a peek at USC's wish list. That was it. As he said, hey, we got Iowa State's coach. We got Cincinnati's coach. We got, we got James Franklin. We got all these people. And there's others. I'm told Kellen Moore, the Cowboys offensive coordinator, and also Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator with the Cowboys. So this wasn't a new report. I'm not speaking off the top of my head. I've been told that, that Dan Quinn, my source said yesterday, doubled down on it, and said Dan Quinn would be, quote, a home run at USC. That's four weeks ago that I told you this. Kellen Moore's name came up at TCU. So he is on the radar to get a job. And maybe he wants to stay around as the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. Maybe he gets a head coaching job. But that was October 26th when I told you that. I don't know if Kellen Moore is in play for any other jobs. He probably will be, but Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator, and that's why I brought it up because I'm thinking, wow, Dan Quinn, haven't heard that, but that's from the show October 26th. So the report yesterday, that's not new. I told you that a long time ago. Take a break. Play of the day up next, Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, my God. The play, the play, is the play. of the day. Runner left side, got it! Check this out. Man, inbounding on the near sideline. Looking for George in the corner. George, step back, corner three at the horn. Oh, oh George buries it. We're going to overtime. Wow. AM 570 LA Sports Clippers Radio Network. Paul George hits a three in the corner. That's three in the corner to force overtime. George finished one of six from behind the arc. He's shooting 34% from three-point range. That's his lowest three-point shooting percentage since his rookie season. That is your play of the day. Play of the day brought to you by the hottest rookie cards, biggest superstars, all-time greats, only one place to find all of them. Panini Trading Cards, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. For instant classics, autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, and more. Start or continue your collection right now. PaniniAmerica.net. McLovin, the poll question. Which underdog is most likely to win on Thursday is what we started with. Mm. So the Lions are getting three points. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Las Vegas Raiders are now seven and a half point underdogs. 
And the New Orleans Saints are six and a half point underdogs. Is Trevor Simeon starting a quarterback for the Saints? I believe so. Although there's a lot of question marks for all these games. Okay. I'm going to go Lions. And then I'm going to go Michigan. And then I'm going to go Saints. And then I'm going to go Raiders. Yes, Todd. If Matt Nagy gets fired, do they have to wait till Friday, let him digest his Thanksgiving dinner? Or would he find out that same day within minutes or hours after losing, see ya? Or win or lose, he may be gone. I'm going to guess he already knows. Just a guess. You know, the report yesterday was not by a football reporter, but it was a local news reporter who is a Pulitzer Prize winning reporter. This has not been confirmed by anybody. Shefty, Glazer, Lockenfora, nobody is nobody has signed off on this. Ian Rappaport, nobody. But am I going to be surprised that he's fired? No. Mid-season I would be, because the Bears normally don't do that. But I'm going to guess he knows what his fate is already. You know, there's part of me that goes, man, it'd be, it'd be interesting. Now, just content-wise, if I said, let me look at this, no rooting interest, I would want the Bears to beat the Lions because that makes it a little bit more awkward there. I would love if Michigan beat Ohio State, the content that you would have there, Saints beating the Bills, not so much. Raiders beating the Cowboys, there would be some content there. I mean, that's how I approach these games. I don't have a rooting interest. There's certain players that I like watching, but if they perform great, you know, fine. If they don't, you know, it doesn't ruin my weekend. But when it comes to what can you talk about, And how long can you talk about it? Michigan winning, that would be big. That'd be huge. And I know that there was some buzz yesterday with Matt Nagy with the inevitable firing. Would Jim Harbaugh, former Bears quarterback, be interested in going back to the NFL? Now, this isn't no reports there. I don't know anything about it. Haven't talked to anybody about this. But I don't know if Jim Harbaugh at some point just says, I can't beat Ohio State. I can't. I haven't. I can't. But this year just feels you got a home game here. It's just you cannot let Ohio State jump out because then it feels like that crowd is going to be going, oh, my God, how bad is this going to be? Like this dread. And I was there at Ohio State a couple of years ago when I thought Ohio State could put up 70, 75 points if they wanted to. It's one of those games when you watch in person, because when you watch on TV, you you can only see what TV shows you. But when you're there in person and you start to see the wide receivers going down the field wide open and you're going, oh, my God, they could do this all afternoon. And they could have. It felt like Ohio State could have named their score against Michigan. This feels like a little different Michigan team. And, and, you know, maybe I'm going to be led to slaughter here. But it's just a, it's an odd feeling there with, uh, with Michigan. Yeah, Paul. The past few years, going starting with last year, oh, man. Canceled last year, but going back, uh, Ohio State against Michigan, they scored 56 points, 62, 31, 30, 42, 42, 42. Yeah. Big numbers. I was there with the 62. <laughs> and, and it was they, not a basketball game. They, right? they let off the accelerator there because they could have they scored whatever they wanted to score that day. And by the way, Michigan was ranked fourth going into that game. 
That's 2018. Yeah, McLovin. Yeah, I, I hate to ask this. Doesn't this feel like we've said this before? I know. I know. It has to happen at some point. You know, all those years with the Red Sox and the Yankees, and, you know, the Yankees, the players would say, why do you guys keep saying this is a rivalry? They never beat us. And then they did. And then it felt like the rivalry was actually a rivalry. Ohio State, you just, they don't lose to Michigan. And they blow out Michigan. It's not one of those where you go, oh, my God, it's hanging in the balance here. It's like, nope, nothing to see here. Plus, get ready to answer football questions. This is the one time of the year when everybody is going to have an opinion. Everybody is going to say something about the game. Non-football fans. So you might get the, um, oh, my God, the Raiders are in Vegas? Uh what else are you going to hear? I get from my brother-in-laws who watch, you know, only one football game a year at my house for Thanksgiving. Where's Drew Brees? <laughs> Drew Brees is no longer. Or where's Tony Romo? Yeah. He's been gone for seven years. Or you're going to get the score and go, what's, what's the score? It's, uh, it's 13 to 20. Why uh, do they do that? How could you not know at least that? Come on. It's, it's, it's 20 to 13. What's the difference? It's 13 to 20. I go, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Seton. That's why you just uh, cut down your family gatherings to a minimum, and then uh, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I'm trying, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. Paulie always he he's got uh, he's always got a moment where he's he's got to escape from his family. He goes to the garage, and it's you know freezing out there, but it's worth it. Like you just go, oh, I'm going to battle the cold. Yeah, I've got a 60 inch TV in the main house, but I'll take my uh, my phone out to the garage. It's four degrees. I'm like. This is fantastic. I'm all by myself. Yes. He plus, I think that's why the fire pit was invented. Ooh, yes. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go check out. I'm going to go, you know what? I'm going to go start a fire. Yes, McLovin. So our dinner is right in the middle of Bears Lions. And I'm going to be like, I have to watch Andy Dalton. And how bad. It's going to be a 12-8 game. It's going to be the worst game of the year. And I'm going to say, I have to watch Andy Yeah, Dalton. but nobody's going to buy that. That you have to but, watch Andy Dalton. But you Dalton. know I'm like the one guy who's going to watch Andy Dalton. <sighs> Andy Dalton's family's not going to watch Andy Dalton. But I noticed you wore the Bears colors today, kind of. No, this is pumpkin. I mean, I guess it's Bears, but that that was inadvertent wardrobe. It's a mm. wardrobe malfunction. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Paul. Here's the thing that happens at my house every year. I have this brother-in-law who knows nothing about sports. It'll be the fourth quarter of a tied football game, and I'm sitting there watching really into it. He'll settle down and go, so what's going on in the NFL this year? <laughs> he wants like an encompassing summary. Yeah. Like there's 45 seconds left at the time. Yeah, yeah, see. Yeah, this I have my in-laws at the house this year, um, and so they're they're pretty good sports fans though. So the only thing I really have to look forward to is a lot of shots on the Yankees and ju- just generally the New York region because my in-laws are from Boston, mm. and so there's usually something about how like you know Babe Ruth never played at Yankee Stadium, wow. that kind of thing. Uh, Fenway is still one of the only places he still played. Those kinds of things. Those get snuck into the dinner a little bit. Yes, Todd. It's just amazing how insensitive you can be as a failure. And then the other problem is they know we all work in sports, so somehow we're experts and must have all the answers to everything. I know you've dealt with this over the years. People see you on the street and that you must know about the middle relievers of the Brewers or something. So they're asking even more questions because you must have everything all figured out or who they should bet on or whatever. I don't think anybody's looking at you as an expert. Not me. I mean more you guys. Yeah. Me, they let me kind of they yeah. let me be. Yeah. All right, one hour in the books, two more to go.
Thanksgiving limerick coming up next hour. Sports Thanksgiving sports names. Oh, my God. That doesn't keep in your car. Then I don't know what to tell you. Close out hour one with Panini America. These packs are packed with a lot of great stuff. The official trading card partner of the NFL. You got iconic brands, Donruss, Prism, Contenders, National Treasures, autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, hottest rookie cards. There's something for everyone in Panini America packs. And more than just the NFL, Panini is the official exclusive home for the NBA, UFC, NASCAR, and college trading cards. What to look for in week 12 matchups. Trio of the Thanksgiving Day Classic, Chicago at Detroit, Raiders at Dallas, Buffalo at New Orleans. You got the Titans, the Patriots. Something's got to give between those two. Big Ben and the Steelers go into the jungle to battle Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.net. Instant classic trading cards and the most popular players like Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and so many more. Start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.net, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show.